0: Remember your name Welcome, welcome to Lawyers Are Assholes, a podcast which holds lawyers, prosecutors, and judges accountable for being idiots, or as we like to say, assholes. Again, shout out to my client, Murphy from American Idol, for our intro music. Now, today we're going to dispense with the asshole of the week, as everyone I'm going to talk about today is an asshole. Today we're going to talk about judicial corruption, corruption at the highest level. And one of my goals in this podcast To make everyone aware that judges are human, we need to change the perception that we have the best and brightest or the most ethical or professionally respected persons in these important positions. But let me tell you, we don't. And we need to wake up as a community and we've got to stop appointing incompetent or liars or unethical persons at these high levels, such as the Supreme Court uh, in Ohio or the U.S. Supreme Court but let's talk just a little bit before we jump into the Supreme Court. Uh, when I say appointed versus elected, and, you know, as we all know that Supreme Court justices are appointed. And my, I have always advocated that we appoint judges in the state of Ohio, as many do uh, other states do, for competency reasons. Because in Ohio, uh, if you have a, a common surname, you're going to get elected. It's just it's reality. If you're a Democrat in a Democratic county, you pay your dues politically, get the party behind you, you're going to get elected as a judge, whether you're qualified or not. But I've even advocated a a compromise where you could elect judges initially, and then you have lawyers that practice in front of them, be the decision makers as to whether they uh, continue to get appointed or have another term so even if we went with the compromise position and they were judged by their peers after a, a term, I think that it would really limit the people that would want to go through that scrutiny because they know that if, I mean, you, you pretty much know if you don't have a practice, if, if you're not competent enough, or you don't have the personality to get liked by the lawyer's practice in front of you, you're probably not going to get reappointed because they're going to know that you're not competent to move forward. But we don't have that system uh, with the with the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, I want to think that most of my listeners are a little more ed- educated than the average person uh, because we're talking about this particular issue of the law and and lawyers and and everyone's reading about the recent uh, Justice Clarence Thomas fiasco, uh, or in uh, reality, the ethical conflicts that that he has presented, uh, been presented with, or presented us with. Um, in the last few weeks. But we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about others. But the modern era of uh, judicial activism started with Bush v. Gore. Uh, In fairness, historically, the U.S. Supreme Court has made some insane moral decisions like Dred Scott in in the mid-1800s, which essentially said a slave is not entitled to his freedom. But this today, really, the judicial activism started uh, with... With the Bush v. Gore case, when Bush sued to stop the manual, if everybody remembers, the manual recount of the paper ballots. The trend at that time was if the voting continued, that Gore could actually win the election. So in 2000, in a 5-4 decision, five Republicans supporting Bush, four Democrats supporting Gore, they stopped the counting. And Gore went forward and said, we're not going to continue this litigation in the best interest of the country. I'm going to concede. And that was that was it. And why did they why did they do that? Why did they make that decision? Well, they justified it by saying some equal protection bullshit, but wouldn't equal protection clause wouldn't the equal protection clause logically tell you that that you finished the, the counting as well? It was a stretch. It was just an incredible stretch, but that is why we had uh, George Bush or maybe the reason. in fairness, uh, the voting uh, could have ultimately resulted in him in winning. but it shouldn't have been, in my opinion, decided in a partisan fashion. So what what have we done since uh, the Bush v. Gore decision? And we've done this at at the federal level across the board. When Bush is president, he supports right wing judges. Uh, Obama supports left leaning judges. Trump supports right, right, right leaning judges. Biden goes left again, but now he's stalled because we have a California senator that can't attend the Senate hearings, causing a delay across the board. But what in God's name have we done at the Supreme Court level? Again, no political conversations here. It's about the law. But when Trump appoints three right-wing justices who all testified in their congressional testimony, they testified in front of the Senate that Roe v. Wade was a well-settled law and they would not vote to overturn it. Live recorded testimony. Now, of course, we all know that with Dobbs, Roe was overturned. And some could say, They lied. They lied. No matter what your position is on abortion, they lied. And that has been my constant theme of we, we have to take these personal feelings, personal leanings out of the judiciary, or you get a situation like we have now when majority, overwhelming majority of Americans support reasonable restrictions. So do any of you know who a Supreme Court justice answers to? Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you, no one. They don't have an ethical code. They have disclosure requirements financially that they've got to make disclosures, but uh, no one tells them when to re- recuse themselves if they've got a conflict. There is no governing body of the of the Supreme Court, or uh, but again, theoretically, you know, maybe maybe all of us have this perception that they're beyond reproach and they should be, and and they don't need. Uh, ethical guidance, but obviously that's not been the case recently, uh, as Harlan Crow is a name that many of you are familiar with now. Uh, a billionaire who befriended uh, Clarence Thomas initially, Po Republica, uh, did a piece exposing that Thomas had not declared all of these lavish vacations that were provided by Harlan Crow, one reportedly to be nearly half a million dollars. Now, I don't have any, any issue with people getting good treatment from billionaires, but why didn't he disclose it? That that question still bothers me today, but but there's much more now that's that's happened recently. Now we find out that Harlan's paying for the great nephew's private school tuition. Not really a great nephew uh, by name, because he actually lived with with the Thomases. And now we learn that uh, Harlan funded Liberty Centroy right wing group funded by Jenny Thomas. Now, Brett, why are you bringing up the wife? Because Thomas was the only dissent when her activities were under scrutiny in the election, they were trying to get her emails. The Justice Department appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. They won, uh, but the only dissenting vote was the husband uh, of Jenny Thomas. Now, how in the world did, did he not recuse himself with that direct uh, conflict? But it doesn't stop with Thomas. Now we have Justice Roberts' spouse working as a recruiter, sending lawyers to law firms with business before the court, You've got Justice Gorsuch selling an interest in a cabin to a member of a law firm with business before the court. And now maybe just in, in the Roberts and, and Gorsuch situations, the conflicts might not be readily as apparent, but why would you engage in this conduct that that affects your credibility? Why bring? Why even have the appearance of impropriety at the Supreme Court level? Now, listen, am, am I crazy or should justices at a top of our profession be untouchable? beyond reproach, call bars, balls and strikes and, and, and be honest, especially with the Dobbs decision. I mean, that's my opinion. But however, as bad as it is at the federal level, we might have wor- worse ethics here in Ohio at our, at our Supreme Court level, at the Ohio Supreme Court level. And I, I am here to tell you on the record publicly that our Chief Justice Sharon Kennedy has no business of being on this court. What I'm about to tell you is uh, really incredible in terms of, of ethical uh, conduct. And, and I know this personally because I was quoted in every Ohio newspaper in 2017 when she spoke at a pro-life event in Toledo. You say, so Brad, what's the big deal? She has an opinion. She should be able to share her opinion. And ordinarily, I would I would say that, except that Abortion in Ohio, even since 2017, has been a hot button issue. The Supreme Court in Ohio is going to get abortion cases. And again, no matter what your position, whether you're pro life, pro choice, you've got to have a court that's going to call balls and strikes. So, and it happened, uh, and I was right because in 2019, she was in the majority in refusing to hear an appeal from abortion clinic in Dayton to stay open. So the same, she was justice at that time. Uh, The same woman that spoke at a pro-life rally refused to hear a case shutting down an abortion clinic in Dayton. Now, wouldn't that raise an ethical issue? You know, we want, we got to have judges that follow the law and precedent, not their personal opinions. And, you know, if, if she's, Pro-life, I I respect that. But it shouldn't be in her position to do this from the bench. Okay, but worse, just to tell you how qualified our chief justice is to be chief justice, she never really practiced law. She's got a good surname. She she gets elected to be a domestic judge. So she beat a Democrat in 2012, outspending her opponent 10 to 1. But yet, and this rarely happens, um, she received... Our chief justice, Sharon Kennedy, received a not recommended rating when she ran her race in that Supreme Court race from the Ohio State Bar Association. At that time, a panel of lawyers deemed her unfit to run for this office, and here she is today. They said that she was not recommended, and uh, she's going to be a justice on this Supreme Court, probably chief justice, until she ages out at seventy. She's got a common surname, and and she's going to make. She's already made decisions that are political in nature. And just, there's no accountability. So at least at, at Ohio, and I'm going to tell you what the accountability is in Ohio. So if a judge, if you make a complaint against a judge at, at Supreme Court level for having a conflict of interest, being biased against you, guess who, guess who makes the decision? Guess who rules to determine whether this judge acted unethically? Three appeals court Judges. Now, how do I know this? Because I filed a complaint with that pro-life speech, dealt with three randomly picked appeals court judges from around the state of Ohio. Now, do, do any of you believe, do any of you listening to this believe that a single appeals court justice is going to essentially overrule their boss? They're going to find that their boss did something unethical? I mean, it is insane, it is insane. That process is insane. Now, as bad and dangerous as she is, as the chief justice, doesn't get any better with Justice DeWine. Uh, even if you're not in this jurisdiction in Ohio, you know the name. His father's the governor. I, I know the governor. I know the father. I used to like him until he lied and sold his soul to provide $300 million in public funding to the Haslams in the new Crew Stadium. Uh, but that is a non-legal issue. Uh, for another time. So across America, we have this tremendous public corruption in forming state and national districts, whether it's a state level or national level. Uh, and it comes from both parties. Both parties uh, gerrymander if they're in power, they gerrymander a district and try to get more D's or R's in that particular that particular district in order to, to win that race. Now Ohio' is a red state. Would still be a red state even without gerrymandering, but these districts apparently not enough. We we need more. Ohio has an, a seven member commission. Now I'm going to get this back to the to the justice. But Ohio has a seven member commission to determine these legislative maps. The governor of Ohio for some reason is on the commission. So governor's on the commission. His son is on the supreme court. So the son the supreme court has to rule on on the legality of these legislative maps that this commission draws. The Supreme Court in Ohio has shot down these maps drawn on multiple occasions. And the kid, DeWine, Justice DeWine, is always in the minority, defending the old man. So, I mean, please tell me, even even the kid, even if he's in the minority, how can he vote on these maps if his father is on the commission? I mean, wouldn't just the appearance of impropriety prohibit the vote? Well... And, and we're all screwed now because the makeup of the court has changed since last November. In all likelihood, Justice DeWine, uh hes not going to be in the minority anymore. He's probably going to be in the in the majority. So, folks, this is this is bad uh, at every level. We've known this uh, for some time that that the public perception is wrong about about judges. And you know, I'm hoping that if if I talk about this and 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 really cut to the chase on on the conflicts and, and the flawed characters at the state and federal level, even the Supreme Court level, that uh, and that people will start thinking about it uh, objectively. So what's the solution? I mean, the, the, the solution is difficult because this is a, a system that's been in, in play for many, many years. People don't like to upset the apple cart, but I think that now there is... There, there has to be a trend with all of this being exposed right now because it has to be embarrassing, even at the U.S. Supreme Court level, to have the public have such distrust and uh, in, in statistically trust in the United States Supreme Court. It's the lowest it has been in history, lower than than a Dred Scott decision in, in the 1800s. So if we as a society start paying more attention and raising our voices and saying that this is unacceptable. That the parties have to come to a solution on a better way to appoint federal judges, which ultimately become U.S. Supreme Court justices, and do the best that we can, taking the politics out of the out of the selection. And that can be done when once we get back uh, to talking uh, again to be able to have candidates that aren't off the left of the map when the Democrats in control or off to the right of map when a and a Republican is control and, and now, now in Ohio the solution is is frankly more difficult. i sitting here today I don't necessarily have an answer because as long as Ohio continues to lean to the right and and again I'm not criticizing the right it could happen the same thing with the left and I would be just as angry if these were left-leaning decisions not following the rule of law, as I would the right. But as long as we're electing Supreme Court justices by political affiliation, uh, we're going to have these kind of decisions. Now, I think politically, we've learned from the Dobbs decision that it is affecting some races uh, nationally. People are swinging, swinging back because it's gone too far To the right, but but that's my main point today: is that we don't want to be left or right when it comes to the rule of law. We want the rule of law. We want it centrist. We want rulings. You know, frankly, you know, Judge told me this a long time ago that he felt that his best rulings were then were when both parties were just a little bit angry at him. Uh, That they felt like they got a victory, but both sides were just a little pissed off that they didn't get everything they want. And he felt that, that that was the middle ground that he was trying to achieve in, in, in every case. But that's what we want. That's what we all should strive for in selecting judges, having judges at, at a Supreme Court level. We want, them to be, we want them to be neutral. Follow the law. Follow the rule of law. But the ultimate answer, folks, is we got we to keep trying. We got to keep hammering at it. We got to recognize the problem. We got to try to fix it the best we can. And we're going to get there. And as always, thank you for listening to Lawyers or Assholes. You know, sometimes I wonder Oh, if well, I should be alone You want to find me alone And take me home That was 17 summers ago